were all a little freaked out about the increase of violent home invasions in Brizzy. It was Mon's lead story just then in the news. So coming up, let's get practical. Mm. We are going to try and help us secure all of our homes by talking to a police officer crime prevention unit authority. She knows what she's talking about. And there is one little thing that we can do that would make a huge difference. But I'm telling you, it's not what you think. It isn't. <laughs> you will learn a lot. Stay with us. We'll do it next. It's Robin, Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 97.3. Not any news seems to be filled with car theft from home break-ins and then car chases and pole air going through the streets of Brisbane. And it can leave you feeling uncertain about life in our city and safety in our homes. And we don't want you to feel like that listening to our show. Knowledge is power. And the person with the knowledge who can help us sift through all of this is Senior Sergeant Danielle Fiorti. She is from the South Brisbane Crime Prevention Unit. Good morning. Good morning. What is the cycle of car theft? Is it about drugs? Is it about the joy rides? Is it about taking on the coppers? That's a really good question. And there are so many factors at play in that scenario. And many of them you've already mentioned. And even down to things like the weather can play how that works and how crime ebbs and flows. No. Tell me what that means. Uh, So we do find typically that during the cooler months, people have their doors and windows locked and there does tend to be less breaking enters because offenders want to do other things when it's cold. We have found even that COVID has its play because people are home more than what they might have been usually. Whatever they're going after, there seems to be the luxury cars. I don't know, is that about the speed of the car or is it about a potential to sell the car? There's a lot of answers in that. So um, a lot of our luxury cars have good GPS systems. So you would think that offenders would be going for, you know, your lesser cars, but our high-end cars do attract offending and sometimes it's about status. Okay, so status is having stolen it so they can take photos, they can post them or whatever, show off to their friends. Is that what you mean? And we certainly love that as as an evidentiary base for our court. (laughs) I bet you do. Sometimes they're just used because people don't want to take taxis. Oh, don't. Get a go-kart. So so hang on. (laughs) So stealing a car and the potential of what that can mean is actually easier or better or in their brain more convenient than getting in a cab or Uber. I would never think that I could ever speak or think like an offender. Thank God. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. But what we find is some of our offending groups like to be very mobile and they know that there's cameras on a lot of our transit hubs. I know I'm asking a lot of questions. I I haven't even started yet. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You know, I'm living in my suburban street and there is a group of criminals who are looking to break in. Which house would they choose based on what? Excellent. So... We do do offender debriefs. This is kind of cute. Some time ago, there was a top 10 was asked of an offender as to why they would look at a different house. And in that top 10 was a small yappy dog. What, they would or they wouldn't? They wouldn't because just those little yappy dogs just don't stop. So obviously what an offender you'd imagine would look for is a house that they can readily get into. So let's have a look at what windows are open, what doors are open, our accessibility. Is there any valuable items on show that we know that we can get in and get out quickly and then turn into what we want it to turn into? So our offenders want to get in and get out quickly because that's what our offenders are looking to do. 
So do they know the area? Does the house have CCT? Does it have alarms? And does it have signage to say that they have those items? Sometimes a lot of thought that goes into, but again, it can just be very opportunistic for offending as well. This is really good news for Robin for two things. One, the Maltese Shih Tzu is now her greatest <laughs> crime-fighting element. Um, but also, where you are, Robin, down that bend of the river, it takes me 15 minutes to get out of your suburb. We can have a chopper on the mow then. But also, we've got lots of neighbours who are at home at various times of the day, and I live in a cul-de-sac. So, I mean, yes. those things would probably help, right? Absolutely. So know your neighbours, know who fits in your community. And then if you see something or something that sounds or looks suspicious, please report it. We have situations where neighbours have heard glass breaking at two o'clock in the morning and not actually called us. So that's a a missed opportunity for us getting there very quickly and and, um, stopping those offenders from further offending. Okay. Ooh, I think I'd possibly kill my neighbours. But um, <laughs> please stay with us because uh, the next question I want to know is what do we actually do if criminals get inside the house? We'll get that answered in a sec. It's Rob and Terry and Bob on 97.3. Our very special guest is Senior Sergeant Danielle Fiorti from the South Brisbane Crime Prevention Unit. I guess the thing that really gave all of us in Brisbane such a fright was that break-in in Cooparoo where the whole family were involved and they were asleep at night when those youths broke in and, you know, attempted murder. I mean, it was horrendous. How common are crims breaking in when people are at home? Yes, obviously the, the Cooparoo situation was um, very overt and very confrontational. Can I tell you that that's not the norm across Brisbane? There has always been offenders who will break into homes um, during the the evening hours. That has always occurred. Um, The level of violence that we have seen recently is not normal. And why is it then? Look, there's a lot of reasons around that, um, and I can't talk too much to it due to an ongoing investigation, as you can appreciate. That actually makes me feel better. Sorry. It it does. It did. Yeah, the (laughs) The fact it doesn't happen too often, all good for us. Thank you for that. Pleasure. Now, and the other thing about that which frightens me, I'm a single parent and I have three teenage sons. They're aged 16, 19 and 21. They all live at home and they're very protective of their mum. Is that in that scenario, those young men, the sons of the family, leapt to their parents' defence? And I've had many conversations since that incident about what my boys think they should do. And I guess what I want to know from the police is what do you recommend? Because, you know, they're standing there saying, oh, you know, I'm going to have a baseball bat and I'm going to, one of them saying, I'm going to get a really big knife. And all of that just sounds terrifying to me. So listen, I've got um, teenage boys as well. And what I would say to them as well as to my husband who wouldn't listen is that if someone came into our house, then you comply, 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 de-escalate and get out of there safely. And you would do that as a police officer. If they broke into your home as an off-duty police officer, you would try and de-escalate despite the fact that you have all that training. I'd like to not answer that as a personal question. Oh, okay. No, no, no. But I think it's really important that people realise that if the police are saying to us, don't do this, then that's what we need to listen to, right? Absolutely. Listen, what we want is people to be safe. If you escalate a situation, you have no option that, and, and you don't know where that will end. So yeah. if there's any possibility to comply, provide them with whatever um, is required and remove yourself from the situation as quickly as possible. That is very, very, very good advice. <laughs> Thank you. Pleasure. 
Leave it to the Maltese Shih Tzu, hey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to put you on the spot personally, but I do think that, you know, young men have such bravado. Absolutely. And, you know, I can now go home and say a senior police officer who deals with this all the time, the advice is to de-escalate and that's what she'd be recommending for her own family. They can't yeah. argue with that. <laughs> well, testosterone is a difficult hormone, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think we'll legislate against testosterone in the future? <laughs> Testosterone can be amazing in the right situation. <laughs> it's just the right situation. Thank you so much. You have answered just so many questions that people didn't know where to ask them. Absolutely. Have a great day. Okay, Terry. So young men and older men. Yeah, yeah that's fine. That's De-escalate. Fine. Yeah, yeah. As I said to my son, I said, yeah, a knife, no, a cricket bat from a distance with a bit of poking if necessary, but let's just leave it alone if we can. De-escalate. De-escalate. Sick em, Brutus. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's Robin Terry and Bob on Brisbane's 97.3.